0: Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth.
1: Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast. Jeff Newbarth, Here, excited to be joined by Paul Bonesteel. Paul is behind a great film that you probably haven't heard about, but you probably should. And we know by the end of listening to this episode, you are going to be excited to watch it. It's the Muni. We're going to tell you all about it. It premieres, the world premieres tonight, Tuesday night nine o'clock Eastern on the golf channel. And then we are so excited at Callaway to be able to bring this film to you digitally um, on callawaygolf.com Muni and also on our Apple TV and Roku apps. If you haven't installed those, go ahead and do it because you're going to want to watch this on a big screen and get the full immersive experience. Paul, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me and let's tell people what this film is and why they need to watch it.
0: Yeah. Thanks Jeff. It is uh, it's it's really exciting that people are going to be able to see it on Golf Channel and then on Calway.com. dot um, You know, like a lot of courses that people might have played uh, occasionally, um, the Asheville Municipal Golf Course is one of those courses that um, you you play it and you just sense that there's a culture there. You know, there's a there's a a, a, a great gathering of of people who love golf and. Um, that I think is unique in a municipal type environment. And, uh, as I, as I spent more days and years and rounds on that course, um, as a filmmaker and storyteller, these people that I kept meeting, um, just started telling me stories and their personalities alone were, were gold. And so it wasn't, you know, actually it did take a while because I, I didn't want to, put my career life into my, my sacred space. Like the Muni golf course that here in Asheville is where I go away, you know, from my other media work and, and stuff. And so uh, the idea of, of, telling that story um, was a bit challenging for me for a lot of reasons, but one, I didn't want to like, layer my career aspirations on top of this, this thing that was so cool. Um, but, Yeah. The, the, the people at Muni really motivated me to, to, to tell this story.
1: All right. So let's, let's tell people a little bit more about the story. Let's give them some specifics.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: as you mentioned, Asheville, North Carolina is the setting, um, you know, when I first saw the film, and I think you sent it to me uh, back in either February or, or, or March, um, you know, what struck me was this was something uh, and this event that you've covered so successfully is unlike anything I've seen uh, covered in golf. You know, these are some of the stories that you you hear about, but you've never really seen. Talk people and explain to people what they're going to see in this film, who some of these characters are, because there are some familiar names, some household names, uh, particularly if you study a little bit of golf history.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, there are a handful of, of folks in the film who transcend. Uh, obviously, they're still alive today, but they go back to the nineteen fifties, and those guys, um, uh, uh, Billy Gardenheight is is one of them. Um, tell the story of caddying uh, as boys, uh, even you know uh, preteens. They were caddying in a lot of the clubs around here picked up the game from the guys they were caddying for, got to play here and there, a hole here and there, sneak on the course at night. Um, And caddies day at at Muni was one one day a week where the caddies could play uh, after everybody else had played. So um, that all changed in 1954 uh, with Brown versus Board of Education. And slowly over the next few years, and we talk about this in the film, uh, these guys kind of crashed onto the course and, and started playing every day they they wanted and could. Um, what emerged out of that was the Skyview Golf Tournament. And in 1959, uh, started a tradition that continues to today, but especially in the 60s, it was a fantastic uh, tournament uh, for black golfers. And it was on as described in the film, what they call the, the Chitlin circuit, a number of eight, 10, 12 courses over the, you know, uh, over the summer, uh, where, where it was, it was predominantly a, a black golf tournament that was, uh, uh, professional. Uh, they had, um, huge social gatherings that, that surrounded this here in Asheville and other courses and, and super competitive and, uh, you know, just, Those names, you know, Lee Elder won this tournament four times in a row in the early 60s, and it was one of the tournaments that that moved him uh, onto the PGA Tour, no question. So that was the level of competition, and these guys talk about that and celebrate uh, uh, how, you know, uh, within 10 years' time, not being able to play on on this public course, which brings with it its own, you know, kind of. Dark story that that it was made for the public and and not available to all the public, but within ten years' time, um, this course is overrun uh, with with you know an almost entirely uh, black tournament um, that played, being played at a super high level. So it, that was what what came out of that experience.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. I think what's I think what's what's most interesting to me. Uh, about it is is you can tell the camaraderie among the competitors. You can tell that yes, the eighteen holes of competitive golf was super important. And like you said, when you had the likes of Lee Elder among uh, other tour pros, because there were quite a few other uh, African American golfers who would go on to success on on the PGA Tour and on the on the, the Senior Tour at that point. Now now the Champions Tour, but. This was different to me because, and you highlighted so wonderfully in the film. Again, it's 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 Muni. Uh, you're going to be able to see it at Golf Channel tonight, nine o'clock Eastern, if you're uh, listening to this on Tuesday, October the twenty seventh, or any moment after that. CallawayGolf slash Muni. We want you to, to to check out the entire film. But what I was impressed with so much, Paul, was. The photographs you had of the social activities surrounding the golf. So, as the 18th hole, you know, were were, were certainly the, the 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 important part of the experience. It wasn't the whole experience. Can you describe kind of the surroundings that 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 complemented uh, the 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 tournament?
0: Yeah, yeah. First, you know, these guys told me that story, and um, but we couldn't find any photos. Um, you know, the, 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 the stories they were telling and some of the, the really grainy, poor photos that were in some old programs that, that were survived um, uh, would hint at it. But finally, we, we, we fell into a couple of collections of, uh, of individuals who would, who would save photographs. And what you see there, uh, again, you know, through the 70s into the 80s, but, you know, it continues to, to today, but especially during those 60s and 70s, um, it was bigger than a golf tournament. It, it was an expression of, uh, that, 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 that black folks play golf and they play it well and they can make that tournament. They made that tournament, um, a statement that, 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 that we're part of this. We, we belong here. This is our game too, you know, and that, that's, that's really what it's all about. And yes, it was social. It was, uh, uh, it was athletic, um, competitive and, uh, you know, fun, fun scenes of, of people, you know, having beers afterwards and, and, uh, there's notorious, you know, stories of, 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 of side bets and, 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 you know, spectators betting on the, on the, uh, and the events. And, uh, so, uh, yeah.
1: One of the other characters that I came to love throughout the film was the starter who, mm-hmm. uh, who is still there today. Um, can you please tell everyone a little bit about him, his age and uh, why he's such a compelling character that you're not going to forget anytime soon?
0: Yeah. Cortez L. Baxter. Um, what a name. He, he's fantastic. And he's, he's there right now. I mean, I can drive over there the course and, and he's, he's wrangling people together and making sure they start on time. Um, yeah. He's been there for 45 years or so uh, uh, working as the starter and, and playing quite a lot of golf, but you know, um, uh, he's one of those guys when you, you, you spend any time with him, you walk away feeling better. Uh, uh, you, you laugh a little bit. You, uh, uh, and when you get into golf, when you get into talking golf, I mean, he'll just beat you down with philosophy and, and, and little tips. Um, and he's been doing that for a long time with, with a lot of people over there. Young, young and old um, have gone to Baxter for these little nuggets of, uh, of philosophy and he shares those in the film and, and he, he stumbled into golf. Like a lot of people didn't grow up playing. Um, he did caddy some as, as a kid, but, um, but, but he kind of stumbled into it more in his, in his twenties. Uh, some guys were like, uh, you know, tells the story of, a, of a, uh, having a club around the, the, the shop that they were working at late at night and they would chip with it. And then they took that seven iron out and, and played around to golf and, uh, and he fell in love. He actually was a, a really good bowler up until that point. And he, he doesn't tell the story in the film, but he quit bowling uh, after he started golf. And it was like, this is the game. This is a game for me. So he, he, he is sort of the, uh, the bookmark ends of the, of the film um, because, um, you know, he, he was there in the, in, the, in the early days when I started talking to the guys about, you know, hey, what would you think if I actually made a film about this? And he encouraged me to do it. Uh, and then towards the end, he, he was there to uh, he's he's been there, you know, uh, every day uh, when I've been there asking me, hey, is it going to be on TV? Uh, what, what are you going to do with this film? You, you know, because for months and even years, it was like, ah, I'm making the film, but I don't know where it's going to be seen, Baxter. And, and he would encourage me. He's like, just keep going, keep going, do it. So uh, he's a lovable, lovable character with a million dollar smile.
1: Absolutely, and he certainly comes across in the film as a, a starter that that you know. I, I would think it would be hard to get people on the first tee because you just want to hang and talk with them
0: all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, he knows when to move you move you right along. You know, <laughs> uh,
1: you can tell. You could tell he's not going to tolerate <laughs> slow play. So uh, obviously, you know, twenty twenty has provided some additional challenges to the golf course and to 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 the uh, to the tournament. Can you? Let people know what happened um, this year, and then also though the plans for for future editions. Uh,
0: yeah, the Skyview for the first time in sixty one years wasn't played this this summer. Um, of course, you know a lot. Of it, the course was open, uh, but the the complexity of just trying to pull it off uh, was too much for the for the group this year. Uh, given um, you know everybody was one to a cart, and the club didn't have that many, uh, the, or the course didn't have that many carts, and. Um, and so it just, it was, it was unfeasible, but you know, the, the, the course uh, municipal course was closed for about two weeks um, uh, because the city shut everything down. Uh, But then there was a very interesting, as the rest of the golf industry experienced outcry, like, Hey, we can play golf during this, you know, uh, let's get out there. This is, this is the best thing for people right now. Not just, you know, we're not going to endanger anyone, but, Um, so, uh, it, it reopened, um, and it's been as, you know, super busy all, all summer and and into the fall. And the, the course is always busy, you know, and that's a statement, uh, on its own, which is I can walk nine holes for $13 on a Donald Ross golf course, uh, in after two. And I think it's 15 before then, if you're, you know, so, uh, how good is that, you know, in the mountains of North Carolina, um, uh, public golf is part of this story uh, that, that a a city owned, uh, course, um, we we need a lot of those courses, you know, and they're not all doing great. And a lot of the municipalities aren't supporting them. And some have closed, some have been sold just the fact that it exists created this story created the, the opportunity for black folks to be able to play golf, you know, all these other private courses you couldn't play. Uh, and of course, even, before the, you know, the mid fifties during Jim Crow, you couldn't play, but then, then you could. And and that, that changed, you know, that changed golf history.
1: We're talking with Paul Bone steel here on the Callaway golf podcast. Paul created uh, the film Muni. Uh, You're going to be able to see it again on golf channel tonight, nine o'clock Eastern callaway golf.com slash Muni going forward. And also on Apple TV and Roku, Paul, a couple other things I want to get into is, and you just mentioned him, he was the next topic I wanted to come up with is this golf course is iconic designer, Donald Ross, of course, uh, so many, so many golf courses. What are the characteristics of this particular golf course that you see as a common thread on other uh, Ross masterpieces?
0: Yeah, this course um, front nine is, is, is relatively flat. Uh, but it's got the subtle uh, twists in the elevated greens and the, and the very tricky uh, 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 breaks on the greens that e- even when they're not cut real tight, they still can, can, can really frustrate you at times. The back, the back nine goes up a few hills and winds through some neighborhoods. as, as Baxter says in the film, uh, it's a whole nother, uh, another uh, course in a sense, tree lined, uh, uh, real trouble off the tee. If you're not straight, you know, you're better off with the three wood or a long iron. Um, uh, it's a challenge, you know, uh, early in the, in the courses, um, uh, development, they, they switched the front to the back. And I understand why now, because the front's much more uh, easy, easily, easily playable, um, and the back finishes with a you know a 200 yard downhill par three, and uh, uh, coming back right at the clubhouse. So um, you know it's 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 uh, in it's been worn through the years, uh, and there've been some there's been some restoration work to, for original bunkering and and things, um, and uh, with the budget that the city and the management has, they keep it in. Uh, pretty good donald ross shape but you know certainly not um not like some of the courses um so you'll get some rough 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 you know um but uh it you know the front line sits down along along a river on the other side of the road so it gets it, it stays moist and the grass is good um it's donald ross you know i i, I was fortunate to play a, a another course early on growing up uh donald ross course and uh There are a lot of similarities in that you know there's birdie opportunities uh, and then those same holes you get in the wrong spot and you're lucky to you know walk away with a bogey. So uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 Donald Ross.
1: Yeah, what I love about um, the way you depict it in the film is is the course is is a key component to everything, but it really seems like it's really more the complement to everything. That it seems like everything that goes on there. Um, It's not like some places where the golf course is sort of the driving feature where, uh, again, the challenge is almost too much. It seems like everybody can play this golf course.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, the the shorter tees make it very playable. Um, I think, you know, getting back to really the essence of the film, it's that community. Um, uh, I often walk out there by myself and just, hook up with whoever's there and play and meet a few people and hear their stories. And, you know, after three or four or five holes, uh, I know where they were born. I know where they learned how to play golf. I knew, uh, I know pretty much, you know, quite a bit about them. And I love that. And it's a very sharing place like that. You know, th- there are there small groups uh, We're in regular, regular groups, of course the men's group um, and that, that shifts all the time um, as they, as they, as they mix it up. But, um, it's, it's a very open place. You can always pick up a game there, uh, easily. And in fact, you're encouraged to, um, or you can play by yourself, you know? So, um, uh, that camaraderie and that sort of a kind of, uh, sharing of people's, um, golf story is, is what, that's where I started hearing, uh, about, these guys caddy and young uh you know keith jarrett one of the journalists in the film he'd written about it um occasionally in the paper and i'd i'd read that but i i didn't really know these guys were still there you know I, and uh people like baxter and uh, uh uh and c y young um uh dwight bryson quite a character he's he's in the film and of course billy everybody said you got to talk to billy and uh, uh billy um man, what a, what a story, uh, and what a life in in golf he's, he's led, um, just passion and love. You know, these, these guys just love the game. They're 90 years old and they're still out there if they can. And you know how this game will beat you up, you know, uh, but they're, they're not quitting, you know, and they are, um, uh, I've, I've met those kinds of characters my whole life who have fallen in love with golf here at, at, at They, uh, uh, they, they told yet another, you know, um, fascinating story just about what it's like being black playing golf, you know, and that, uh, that resonated with me on a lot of levels. And I, and I hope people hear that story and, and see, uh, that we all just love the game. You know, we, we love the game. Um, and it it brings people together, you know, it, 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 that's, that's, we need more of those things in, in this world.
1: Absolutely, and 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 let's just you know one of the things that's been uh, sort of interesting is as we've taken this journey because I think, like I mentioned, we've been talking about trying to figure out how to get this to a wider audience. Since since I first saw it in February, um, with with the events of the summer, um, with with the social um, kind of call to action and and the social awareness due to some of the the unfortunate incidents that went on uh, around our country, how does that make uh, this film even more important for folks to see?
0: Yeah, uh it really does. Um you know, you, you hear this sentiment a lot and uh and, I, and it's really why I made the film, but we just have to we have to hear each other. You know, we have to hear each other. We have to know the stories uh that each of us have lived and um you know, when when the events of the summer kind of amplified everything um, you guys were great to reach out and say, we want to make this film uh, visible. And the fact that Golf Channel is, has, you know, uh, is partnering on it as well is is awesome. Um, because frankly, there are a lot of people that think, you know, that racism is is not an issue anymore. Um, and these guys themselves, the, the storytellers in the film uh, who have dealt with this first person, um, if I wouldn't have asked direct questions, I wouldn't have gotten a whole lot from them about it because they, they were so... Um, cautious about what they wanted to share. Um, but once I, once I said, you know, t- tell me how you feel, tell me what went down. Tell me about this story. Um, you know, then they started sharing. Then they started talking about what, what it was like to be called names when you're a caddy, you know um, you, you know, you love the game. You They love these players. Some of these guys tell these, tell these stories about the, the guys they were caddying for. They love these guys. And yet they were, they were, Put down and 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 kept down. At the same time, you know those are the that's the reality of the not just the South but the whole country. But here in the South, you know through gosh a lot longer than you'd think. There are courses today with if not policy there are there are uh, kind of traditions where where black folks don't don't get to be members. They they are not allowed on the course. You know that is out there still and. So, here, hearing this um, story about the love of golf and these guys, um, I, I hope it's just another, you know, way uh, to to hear to hear them uh, and to share share that story.
1: Yeah, Paul, and I think one of the things you you, you and your team so successfully um, accomplished is you you didn't. Um, ignore those issues but you also didn't make those issues sort of the, the the touch points of the film in a way that didn't seem authentic everything in the film um, seemed seemed completely authentic from from the start all the way through the end of it and, and and look I felt you know to me once I got hooked in the first you know minute or two I couldn't I couldn't you know, put the remote down. I just sat there and watched it and was completely amazed and was excited to share with everybody uh, on, on on our team at Callaway with uh, the film so they could get excited about it. And it all culminates uh, tonight on the on Golf Channel nine o'clock eastern six o'clock Pacific and then again Callaway com slash muni uh, we are honored to to be able to host this film uh, and to be able to get as many people and and what's also great is you and your team edited some teasers that we're going to be putting out on on social media so we'll be able to show people kind of some some small clips or whatever so if I had to ask you just a couple more questions Paul mm-hmm. is if you could pick one person in the film, to go play eighteen holes with just just the two of you, uh, I don't know. That's tough because it's like picking which one's your favorite kid. Um, who who would you want to uh, tee it up with and Why?
0: <laughs> uh, a couple of the B- Billy and Dwight can't play anymore. Uh, they'd be top on my list. Um, uh, this is not in the film, um, but it's um, you know Billy had another leg amputated, um, in the last year. Oh. And, and so he, he can't play anymore. Um, sadly, but he'd be top on my list. Um, and Dwight Bryson who's, who's still alive and kicking. Um, but he, he can't get out there either. Um, at the moment and I bring those up just because I celebrate that they're still around and they're going to see it on, on TV tomorrow night, uh, tonight. And they're just, uh, they're, they're thrilled that, that, that this story is going to get out there. Um, you know, I guess it'd be Pete McDaniel. Uh, y- you know, he, he, uh, he's a journalist and grew up uh, as a muni kid and a, a caddy at, at some of these courses around here. And uh, he's lived, lived it and, and, and still uh, hitting it well and still loving the game, you know. And he, he comes back. He, I think he lives down in Florida now, but he comes back and plays at Skyview all the time. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic uh, fella. That'd, that'd, be, that'd be fun around to, around to play.
1: Yeah, Pete used to, uh, of course, work for Golf Digest and uh, certainly one of the most respected golf journalists in the game. And I thought uh, when I first saw him in the film, uh, that kind of, to me, took it to a different level just because uh, he's so well-spoken. He's so eloquent and and certainly has seen a lot, both the good and bad, in terms of African-American Uh, Golf and and how it's been either held back in certain instances or encouraged in certain instances. And that to me was sort of my main takeaway uh, from watching the film is here's a story of, of African American success in terms of of not necessarily whether it's a Tiger or or Lee Elder or, or Charlie Sifford on the professional golf, but this is, this is just golf. This is just golf the same way that, that everyone who loves the game uh, would, would love to be able to play. And I can tell you when I get to North Carolina, I can't wait to tee it up with you guys and be able to experience the golf course myself, because to me, it just looks like a magical place.
0: Yeah. Let's play. Um, and I'll say this about Pete, Pete's Pete, like like a number of people in the film, from Darius Rucker to to these guys who who just simply said yes. Uh, I started telling them what what film I wanted to make, and they said yes. You know, and Pete was like, "Sure, I'll do it. Uh, any anything you want." And that's the spirit of of Muni. That's the spirit of, you know, that that that, that uh, how I like to make films. Um, and, but when you get that momentum and, and and you align like with a story that needs to be told, uh, people people just start telling it for you, you know,
1: it's, it's, can, 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 can you expand on Darius Rucker's involvement? Obviously uh, someone who, who's, you know, especially with his, his role with the PGA tour as an ambassador uh, synonymous with the game these days. Tell me about uh, your, your introduction to him and how he became involved in the film.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd heard his, uh, his show on, on uh, XM radio uh, on occasion. And I was like, man, he's really into golf, you know, I, I, uh, and I, I just picked up on that over the years, um, so when I, when I decided to replace myself as narrator, which is something every filmmaker has to do at some point in the film, uh, I thought, where would I, who, you know, who's the ideal guy? And, uh, uh, I said, you know, Darius Rucker would be it, would be him. And so I, I made that phone call. I wrote that email. And like I was saying a minute ago, people said yes. And he said yes. And he's like, sure. And, yeah, um, and you know, th- th- that was that uh, drove down to Charleston and recorded it. Uh, and, and, uh, he was a gentleman and, um, uh, and loves, as we all know, loves golf and having him a part of it, just again, took it, uh, the Pete McDaniel level, uh, the Darius Rucker level took it to another level. And, um, uh, when you get those things happening, um, uh, it feels good that people are behind it.
1: What other stories are you working on, Paul? What are, because, uh, you know, clearly you have a gift for telling uh, amazing stories. And you also have the dedication because this took years to to bring to reality. And what I was so impressed with when we first spoke is you were committed to this, whether it had a home or didn't have a home. This wasn't for financial gain. This wasn't for personal gain. This was a story that you were obligated to tell uh, because of your experiences at the golf course. What else are you working on? What can we look forward to seeing?
0: Mm. Man, I did not prepare for that question. I uh, I should have. Um, because I'm, I, I can't really like announce it, uh, because there's a couple of things going on. I am interested in more golf stories. Um, this was fun to merge a passion with, uh, with the history and, and with a purpose. Um, uh, I think there are other stories like this that could be told. Um, you know, I've made films about, uh, Carl Sandburg, the, the poet, uh, writer, journalist, activist kind of guy. I've uh, uh, made films about a, a kind of obscure uh, Japanese photographer here in Appalachia. Uh, most of my films have some sort of regional uh, uh, quality that hopefully can can uh, express a, a sentiment or an important message beyond you know that that originated here regionally. Um, I, I, guess I'm a Southern storyteller in that regard. Um, so I'm, I'm always looking for, for stories that are, that are regional, but also national. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm sort of I- excited right now about this idea of, uh, of, of what inspires people, you know, whether it's art or, or, or sport or, um, uh, or, or whatever politics writing, you know, um, uh, when, when you tap into that and find that thing that really makes you do things for, uh, uh the, 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 for, for little clarity on whether it's going to be profitable or not, that's, that's the core of, you know, our, our, uh, our creative kind of powers, I guess. So, um, there's some, there's some things I'm exploring that tap into that um that, that could be uh expressed in all kinds of things again a lot of different mediums uh even business and, and art and um so uh i'm always on the lookout for for good stories there's some some in the works
1: well that's good to hear because uh the one you've just told is a great story so paul bone thank you so much for uh, spending a little bit of time with us again a reminder Muni, you got to watch the golf channel tonight, nine o'clock Eastern. They will have some re-airs. We, we think there's one at on Wednesday night, um, but also just watch it whenever you want. Callaway golf.com Muni. Uh, we'll have a YouTube link there. We'll have all kinds of surrounding content. We'll have this podcast there so people can watch this and listen to this as long as they'd like to. And then, on our roku tv and apple tv apps those are called callaway tv go download those because those are uh the best way to experience the film i know when i watched it the first time i put it on the big screen and uh was was super excited to uh to uh to be able to view it. and i can't wait to watch it again tomorrow night paul so thanks so much for spending some time with us really appreciate
0: it oh my pleasure jeff and uh, thanks again to callaway making it happen
1: Absolutely. Well, like I said, you you made it happen. We're just happy to help uh, be able to kind of fulfill our role in the game as connectors and be able to help connect people with a great story. Speaking of people who have great stories. Next week on the Callaway Golf Podcast, I'm excited to announce Phil Mickelson's going to join us. We're going to talk to Phil about, uh, as he gets ready for uh, being a 50-year-old, getting ready to play in the Masters. We're going to be able to talk to him about what other crazy concoctions he's going to put in his bag. What did you see last week, Paul? He put in a uh, an old three-wood bent to a two-wood with a modern shaft and then a 47-and-a-half-inch driver to try to hit 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 bigger bombs or hellacious seeds whatever he's up to these days we'll talk to phil about that and of course we're going to talk about the match uh we've probably tried to handicap uh him more than we could handicap any other golfer we've given him charles barkley as a partner so we'll talk to uh, phil about playing with chuck uh and, and phil's had some pretty good quotes this week saying that chuck used to be a good golfer uh and they're playing against stephen curry and uh, peyton manning in a couple weeks down in uh, about a month from now down in tucson so i'm excited to talk to phil about that
0: That'll so, be fun. That'll be fun to watch.
1: Uh, absolutely, always fun to spend some time with Phil. So, thanks everybody for uh, for listening, and we will see you next week on the Callaway Golf Podcast.